0: Newly newly stocked stocked on the shelves
1: is box Box number 512. 512 With your hosts,
2: Aeon and the Lioness, black Black, trans trans women,
1: and excellent and defying all life expectations,
2: the show begins now.
1: Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to. yes welcome back to episode number five of box number 512 podcast grown black trans women talk sis i really miss you i feel like it's been a while
2: oh it feels that way too i know you know i guess they say time flies when you're having fun it feels like it has been a while but i feel like when we get on here it's never enough time so i'm just cherishing this moment
1: right um uh, this, we're still on lockdown. We're still in corona but again, I'm still... I'm thankful to have a roof over my head, food in my fridge, money in my account. I have my health, so... but it's it's still a drain it's still a drag it's still a lot on people it's still a lot on this country but i am just happy that we can come back here and record and give you our um, show today we have a very 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 special guest joining us on the podcast today but before we get to before we get to those details
2: sis what's what's going on with
1: you what's going on in your world
2: Girl, no tea, honey. Living, loving, laughing at the bullshit, honey. I don't have nothing really going on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remain calm in the midst of adversity. Um, I want to acknowledge that things are getting rough out here, but I find that I'm seeing a lot of love in this world. One thing I will say is as much shit as we do talk and, you know, we still have our political differences and we are in the middle of an election cycle, but the world still has a lot of beauty. And I'm just enjoying every little fun meme and video, and watching people blossom in their acting skills. I have several friends that are like putting up content now, and you know, a lot of content, including ours, has been birthed out of this desire to connect, be heard, and also to like get the message out that we are all together in this. We are, and our individuality is important, and so. I just, I'm excited about this time. Um, my life is good. My family's good. Um, COVID has begun to hit my friends and I, and my, I have friends and associates and community, beloved community members that have passed, but my personal circle, um, you know, the people that I do know that I consider personal friends that have had it, have recovered, um, praise the Lord. And, but, I, you know, we just have to lift people in prayer, and and so that's where I'm at, girl. Just positive in the midst of adversity,
1: right? Uh, before uh, I'm I'm just happy for the health of all of my friends and my family, and I'm going to continue to pray and pray and pray and pray because that's that's really what we need. Uh, before we get to my life update, uh, just some news, and I think it hit it hits me personal. Um, because of who I am and what we do here at Box Number Five Talk um Box Number Five 12 Podcast. Um, girl, did you buy, did you watch Sister Circle?
2: I do, but I have not watched it recently.
1: Okay, because they just announced today that Sister Circle um is cancelled. So so Sister- No yes. now, no,
2: bitch, wait, how?
1: Apparently they weren't um, their viewership or their numbers weren't growing so they just decided to cancel it. So for people who are not familiar Sister Circle is kind of like a round table talk show
2: Black um, geared, woman View.
1: Yeah, Guilt Towards Black Women. It um premiered like three years ago and it airs on T V one. And, and it has like my favorite favorite singer
2: Selena Johnson on it, but
1: go ahead. Right. And Quiet and quiet for American to Medicine. But <laughs> I don't know. I just it's just so it's just so sad to me because uh it's just it's sad to me because what other show is going to fill that niche to really reach that demographic and the show was so unapologetically Black and for Black women. And I kind of see parallels in that show and what we do here at Box Number Five. So because our show is specifically, is made with the intention of centering Black trans women. So it's just like, how, how, how much mainstream did you really want it to be if we are supposed to be centering those people? And it's just it's just really sad that every time we get something for us because it doesn't appeal to the masses or because the numbers are not growing the way executives think they should grow, that there's no value for the show and there's no place for the show. And that's part of the reason why I'm so happy we're able to do this podcast because we are the executives of this podcast and we don't have to answer to anybody and we we know what works for our community and we know uh the community needs to hear our voices voices they need to hear our story so but i just think i just think it's real i just think it's real sad and it does a disservice for the community um what are you what are your thoughts
3: on it
2: yeah um unfortunately and this is so let me try to i want to i want to i want to be i want to say this i am sad that it is gone i am I hope though that it picks back up. Same cast, maybe through. Because what I'm, what I notice now, what happens in media is like, uh, one one platform will drop it, and then another platform will pick it up. So I right. want to affirm and speak love onto Netflix picking that up, right? Um, or Hulu picking it up, or one of the streaming platforms. Or
1: no be- shade, even like Facebook Live, or Because so, that's that's that would the be way perfect. now. Yes, that's the way now. Because no shade. I don't have a TV one on my cable package, So it was a struggle for me to watch it anyway. But if you put it on like an Instagram live or something like that, I will watch it every day. That
2: was my point. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. So um support all of those sisters. Um, definitely. I see myself in them because I, you know, I see the vision. I see the plan. That's what I'm trying to, um, be a part of over here and it's just it's so important for our our voices to be heard and it does it doesn't have to be accepted by the mainstream for it to be val valid and for it to have value. so big ups to those ladies. i hope something else pans out because um that show that show was needed. so now start you uh, go
2: ahead I, I want to say i want to say um shout out to those individuals that were on that show i know selena johnson in particular was a part of RBD, was also was a great show that got canceled um and so now right. it's being canceled that is one of my favorite soul singers of all time i think one of my favorites definitely for sure um particularly i, I like i, I, I can't, i'm not even gonna go that deep into it but i want to just say in this moment and affirm that i hope netflix picks it up because I think that this is an episode, this is the type of thing where it could be the or like you said, Facebook Live or one of those other things. Cause I think this is one of those types of shows that I think is it's not only valid right now, we're seeing that when we when we have network television do it, which is what it was on previously, sometimes you have to deal with so much advertising and sponsors and you have to have so many different sides to an opinion to appease everybody that you don't really get the conversation in the way that you want it and so I just want to speak and affirm that on the next platform it will be even better and deeper because I do think that Red Table Talk is cute, but I we need other black content on Facebook Live. I agree.
1: Yeah, I need I, I actually need them to cancel Red Table Talk. I love Ooh. I I love <laughs> it and it's no shade. It's no right. shade. I love Jada Dare. I love she's one of my favorite black actresses. Like she's the, one of them actresses. I don't care what move, I don't care what movie it is. It could be the the execution of Tuki Williams. I'm watching it because I live for her so much. But I'm not interested in seeing her have her famous friends on the show, only for them to say, only for her to really not hold them accountable. I think, and shout out to the 4Harriet platform, they bring this up. Like, Jada, you were not a journalist. Like, it's been a lot of times, particularly the past couple of months when she's had Snoop Dogg on the Red Table Talk and T.I. And because she's not a journalist and because she's their friend and she's concerned with maintaining friendship, she really doesn't get into them the, the really the way they need to um, be gotten into. And they leave those conversations with that big platform really unchecked and unchanged. And it was like, Sis, what was the point of bringing them on the platform all other than having all of these people watch just to get your numbers up, but you're not really doing anything to really check the misogyny and the massage noir. So, like I said, love Jada down, but everything is not for everybody. Sis, you are nobody's journalist. You need to stick to acting and le- leave the journalism and the questioning for the actual journalist.
2: Now i um, I feel the need to say, to say that um I, as a separate individual.
1: <laughs> no, no, these, no, 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 th- no, Those are my opinions. The A okay. Aeon's opinions. Go Over ahead. The right
2: opinions of Aon. Right. Um, so now the lioness <laughs> 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 so we're up the a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I still love
1: you, Jada girl. It's oh. no shade, but it is what it is.
2: And the lioness feels that, the, that that podcast serves a purpose. And let me tell you, I, am, okay, so why is it that we judge each other with this, like, really, really, like, okay, so this is my, I guess, let me not get conflated, conflate my point. I'm going to just say it. I see how white people have their shows that they can go on to promote their friends the Ellen's of the world right Right. the people that you go on the show the nighttime television of the world the, the like the the Jimmy Fallon's the whatever they can go they have some place to go where they can have tell their story but also kind of get their ego stroked that you know why people can get a Barbara Walters they can get a whatever They can find a way to massage a situation, and they have shows where they can get their point of view out without feeling like they have to be confronted. I want to reject the notion that every Black television show has to confront all of the issues related to Blackness. I don't think everybody has the skill set to do it. To your point, I don't think that Jada is a journalist, and I don't think she's trying to be. I think the entertainment, the gag is am famous and that you will get to hear a conversation that I'm going to have with my famous friend about a topic but that doesn't necessarily mean that she then ha- I do believe that she has a responsibility to ask the question so this is where I would like for her to grow yes. I would like for her to grow but to say that she needs to be canceled, to say that she needs to leave it to a regular journalist I think it kind of has like it speaks to a almost like the classist way in which we judge people that don't have a certain level of education right like I want Jada to be better but I think that Jada has the skill set to do exactly what she's doing and I think that instead of us always saying you need to be canceled tore down for the next person I think we should support and encourage and and give people a chance to grow into being people because I don't think when she set it up she actually knew what cultural expectations that she'd have I think now that she's been getting the critique I would love the opportunity to watch this black woman and her family who are taking the risk to show themselves in a time where we're so critical and we're so critical of them and they know that we're critical and still are willing to share. I want to honor that and I want to give her the opportunity to do better because I do think that there's an opportunity for growth there. But I don't want to be so quick to be like no you need to be canceled you're like like cuz that's where I was really trying to make the hard separation um between your opinion and mine because I I really really want to I'm against this whole cancel culture. You don't do it how I do it. If you don't like it, why not design your own platform? We have. So then, if we have any guests, I would expect us to hold ourselves to that standard that we're trying to hold Jada to. But, 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 I don't think that. I think that it's easy to tear somebody down because in their platform, because these are their friends and they're giving us the opportunity to see their friends. So, for example, Brianna, if I had a show where I had a hard hitting TV show and you said something fucking crazy and you're still my friend bitch the goal fuck this interview fuck what everybody wants to see me do to you the goal for me as a friend to you would be to make sure that this goes as smoothly as motherfucking possible because you're my bitch you're my sister forever beyond what any motherfucker gotta say I'm what you even would do wrong but I but if I have a platform and you want to come on it to tell your side I'm gonna spin it for you to look the best you can now why is that a problem
1: I, th- I think for me, I think it does a disservice when you're promoting it. Like, this is going to be the conversation of the century. And th- this is, this is, going <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to ask the hard hitting questions. And this is, yeah, the- like, that, she, really put, she really put markets <laughs> herself, like in the Yon vein. and it's like, no T, you're not that girl. And that's okay. If you're going to have the ego stroke control, That's fine, but don't sell it to me like you're gonna do some groundbreaking thing. And I'm not saying she needs to like get down like each of the people's throat and just tear them down on her platform. I'm not saying that, but it comes a point where you have to, if you're positioning yourself in this lane, you have to ask those hard hitting questions in the beginning just to let everybody else know What's going on and where you stand, and the reason why I, I say the fact
2: that she just didn't even touch it, bitch, it's right. Like it's you're like so. What
1: it, like what is your what is your true intent here? But the reason I would say cancel, and of course I'm being high, um, hyperbolic when I say it, but it's just like okay, you did the Ti and Tiny thing, that's fine. Now you're doing the Snoop Dogg thing where you didn't hold him accountable. So it's just just a one time thing, or it's it's just just a pattern of what you're going to do when you have these type of people.
2: Now see now you have to asking deeper questions, sis. Cause now particularly
1: black cis hat men when you had them on the show is just is this gonna be the routine. But like you said, I am here for for growth. I am here for evolution. I am here for people evolving and structuring their brain. So I do think I do think that she can be, get better, but I don't think that she's a, she or any Black powerful celebrity in media is above critique.
2: I don't either, and that's not actually what I was advocating for. I was saying, why not give her a chance to grow? I don't think that the critique should be that she should be torn down. Does that mean? Right. <laughs> like, that's the critique I was saying. Right. What's, now? You actually brought up another question, and 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 because because I want to know, and there's a part of me that understands how what the deeper conversation could have been, but what the hell was she supposed to really? How, how was she? What was what did you want her to ask you? I guess speak. I, and and then I know you're just giving. But your I'm, okay, so my my me, question my, my question, question to you is: Have you watched both of the interviews? Yes and i want to know what would you like to her cuz and i no 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 let me just say this i hold on i'm being objective in the sense that i know i have an opinion and i told you i completely think she fucking flubbed i don't think she asked him anything i think she danced around it i think she gave him excuses almost but i guess my point that i'm saying to you is what then right so articulate Cause you, I think you're better at. It well,
1: not. I would, I would love to articulate, but we, um, we, we need to get to our interview. So I would like to table Ooh. this conversation.
2: So let's bookmark that for another time. Yeah, we're going
1: to table this. We're going to revisit it. Uh, we are going to transition to our interview, um, audience. We have a lovely guest um, coming on here. His name is Lex Newman. He has a platform um, on YouTube called The Newman Show. He is a Black trans-attracted man, and he uses his platform to advocate for Black trans-attracted men and to really get the conversation out there and really to rally um, other guys that are out there that are struggling with their trans attraction. And he was... um, now we're going to interview him uh he's agreed to do an interview with us
2: and ladies i hear he's attractive (laughs) (laughs) so we
1: we are just we are just happy to um have him on our platform and we really hope that you enjoy the interview and you get a lot out of it so we're going to turn it over and we're going to um introduce mr lex (laughs) Newman. Welcome Lex. Welcome to Box Number 512. Thank y'all so much for having me. No, thank you for thank you for coming here. Thank you for um we we are happy to have you on our platform. Yeah. We, we really like the work that you're doing as far as the trans amorous conversation. So before we get started, we just want to have you introduce yourself and mm. tell our listeners about uh, uh, about your
0: platform and what you do. Sure, uh, uh, my name is Lex Newman. I'm about 22 years old, coming out of Detroit, Michigan. And um, I'm an artist at heart and by trade. So, you know, I play piano, uh, stuff like that. So I've just been trying to create a platform where I use um, art um, as in conversation, creating positivity and, um, you know, talking about topics surrounding Trying to marie surrounding, you know, different situations that men can deal with who um, sort of have those feelings and is trying to create some kind of platform that allows for other guys to also be able to see themselves reflected. So I've been doing YouTube quite a bit, um, the Newman Show, and also have Instagram, of course. So yeah, just been trying to do something to, to create a platform that men can see and also be a part of the conversation that is, that is positive. So Yeah, well,
1: yeah, that's really dope, and we really—I know I'm a big fan of what you do. That's why uh, I'm so happy that you can come and be a part of this podcast and just drop some of those gems and really um, let. Really let our audience um, receive and feel your message. So I'm just—I know I'm happy. I know the lioness is really happy that uh, yes, that that we're able to share space today. So before we get before we get to it, uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Samaya, where we uh, do some do a couple of questions just to break the ice and get to know you a little bit better before we really get down into it. So, um, lioness,
2: yes, so um the purpose of this activity is just a it actually is just a way for us to ask questions like a controlled set of questions to the people that come on our show and it's just a fun way of us getting to know you break the ice and just to get your your thoughts on some things um i'm gonna ask you three questions the first is what is your favorite trans representation in media what do you think
0: uh yeah my favorite trans representative uh, anytime I'm asked this question, it's a very difficult question because there's so many people who are doing so much good work. I mean, y'all are doing good work. Um, there are people out there who are doing amazing things Close, to for As far as my favorite, favorite, um, say so that is Laverne Cox, being that she is, um, in a way, the modern um, view and cover and, and just doing so much on Orange and people who um are not even particularly um interested just opening them up to a conversation by being visible and being so talented and then also being on her so so fast so schma- smart and so knowledgeable and also incredibly gorgeous so you know I gotta give it up to Laverne
2: <laughs> that's a dope answer that's a dope answer thank you for sharing that and so like, as we transition into um, like asking these questions, we thought we wanted one that would just like pull you outside of yourself. Cause a lot of times we show up on these things and we're our best representative. So this question is, what is your biggest <laughs> flaw?
0: Uh, my biggest flaw. I mean, I have a flaw, so I got to Uh <laughs> my biggest flaw. Um, yeah. Usually I think of probably a very emotional based person uh, being a cancer, um, born in the land of I can be I can tend to be emotional sometimes. So I mean it's it's one of my big weaknesses. So take that as you will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have our flaw. I think I think it, being I think being sensitive is a sign of being an empath too. So maybe that's why you do what you do. It's because you are sensitive and you vibrate on that frequency. That's kind of dope um and then um yeah I resonate last, with that,
0: you know, for sure
2: mm-hmm. last but not least if you could get anyone to play you in a movie who would it be and why hmm.
0: uh yeah that that's <laughs> so many good people um i usually try to think of a black actor um uh, because i have in the past i've said like jude law because he he's known to play some pretty cool characters but i mean. Uh, I fancy myself to be fairly uh, suave and debonair. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say Idris Elba mostly because he's Idris. You know, he he's able to handle a, a role that requires for you to be smooth black gentleman. And uh, I,
2: couldn't, <laughs> I
0: couldn't describe myself more perfectly than that.
2: <laughs> smooth black gentleman. Huh? But
0: I would like to play myself too. That would be fun. <laughs> Ooh, that would be <laughs> smooth operation. We heard Sade.
1: <laughs> I have a suggestion. Of course, I think that Michael Naomi's- Michael Naomi. Michael Jai White would really do do you justice because I, there there's a lot of similarities the the muscular physique, the chocolateness, the overall attractiveness, and the great acting. So I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I also think Michael Jai White would be. Could give Idris a run for his money, but this is your life story. You get to cast
2: the characters, <laughs> but <laughs> 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 that would be a good one. To sound, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan
0: of Michael. You,
2: you sound very disciplined. So I think maybe Michael Jai White would be nice. But yeah, yeah. I, I try
0: to be, yeah, that would be great. Um, I'm very much a fan of his, so I would love to see how he pulled it off. <laughs>
2: so for our last question, and then you can answer this in however, but it's an either or question, and you don't have to elaborate if you don't want to. It can be you can look at it from any point of view. But the question is top or bottom.
0: (laughs) Um, Top you know um, as far as super married to any kind of set of actions, but I feel more comfortable obviously being in the top position because that's what I've always done. See, see, that's the trick, that's the trick about the question. We didn't say we didn't say anything
2: hey, about that. Yeah. We didn't ask, so you could have said top because I'm on top of my game. Top because I'm on, I don't know, no bottom bunk. I'm not yes. a bottom bunk person. Like it didn't necessarily have to be
0: sexual. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but for answering. I mean, those
0: those words are very coded.
2: No, no, no! That's the beauty of the words because eventually we want to be able to have this platform be diverse. So if I'm talking to, let's say, a political figure and they're not in the culture, and I say top or bottom, they don't. They may, they may not answer that necessarily the way we would, having a different cultural context. So it's interesting to see how people perceive words mm-hmm. and how they use yeah, them. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So, so thank you for answering. So that that lets us know you're not a novice, and that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> so Lex, thank you for being a great support for those for the the the, the, the inaugural hot seat questions. Let's give Woo! Lex a hand, yes. Woo! So now transitioning from the hot seat questions, now we're going to go to the main topic of the show. Uh, so the reason that we had Lex on today, we just want to have a conversation about. Trans Amory and the aftermath of deciding to openly come out as somebody that is trans amorous, that is somebody that is interested um, in dating and partnering um, and loving trans people, and really what that looks like through uh, a cis black man's eyes. And of course, the lioness and myself, since we are not black men. Uh, we can't really speak to that experience. So it was um, incumbent upon us to really bring somebody on here that can really speak to that experience and um, really speak to that narrative, just just to destroy the myths out there and to really give people a realistic look into... You know, what what is it like after you decide to cross this threshold and what are some realistic expectations that you can have? And now I'm going to turn it back over to the lioness because she's going to um, lead a lot of the questions for this segment of the show.
2: So what I find exciting about having you on today, before we get into like the meat of the questions, I always think that sometimes we throw these words about and we bandy them about, and I think we need to take a moment just to pause. And I, my first question for you will be actually, what do you consider transamory or transamorous? We live in a society today where we talk a lot about the transition that people go through in their in their like for us, but there are these terms trans-attraction and transamory. So my first question to you is, what is transamory to you?
0: Um, me I mean. Words are just words, right? But I feel mm-hmm. like um, like you could feel a myriad of ways using language that is completely unique to yourself. But um, transamory, that is the word that I feel that I resonate with the most um, that also is becoming a little bit more popular. So I would say that transamory to me, um, it sounds like a person who is actually capable of loving a trans person Mm. um being that amory the root word is amor. so it's like love in in romance languages and when i hear amory it sounds a lot more encompassing of a person who is capable of of love and understanding as opposed to trans attraction it sounds you know a person could call themselves trans attracted of course and be just as capable of loving but when I hear the word attraction the nuance that I get is is a, is a bit more thin in a way it's almost like a potential sexual attraction almost leaning towards like a, a fetish almost possibly not definitely or necessarily but it just sounds kind of that way to me and I have also heard other people kind of think of it in that way so they kind of are averse to hearing People call themselves that, or use that term. So, yeah, transamory. I feel like someone who is able to to love, love a trans person, whether that be you know male or female. So
2: that's interesting. Um, um, I think that's a very interesting take on the word. The idea that a more love is connotating the 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 I, you have at least gotten to the place in your mind where you can conceptualize a relationship versus attraction, which I feel like in our society today, particularly now that there are visual examples that are diverse more than they've been in the past, I feel like attraction, anybody can be attracted. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know,
2: um, I don't think you necessarily even have to even go through the step of being with a trans woman and could still call yourself attracted, but being trans amorous, like you were saying, I, I like that term because, and I like your definition, the idea that, It is uh, using the romantic language version of amour and love that is tied to something deeper. So that's very dope. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Um, So um, our next question for you, and this is where now we're getting into thinking about what, because we really wanted to deconstruct trans attraction, the myth, but then the after effect. So, and how that infects your life. How did you begin to think about what, that would look like. So let's take me back to that moment where you, you know, you've gotten to this place in the world where you've met a woman and you like her, and you think that she's someone that you think you have, you deemed worthy in your past, that you deemed worthy of introducing to your family, or you at least got to the place where you said, oh shit, this is me now. What did that process look like? And what was your strategy for the actual process of you um i guess i hate to use the word coming out because it implies that there was that you were hidden but rather what was your process to becoming the very open man that you are today and if you don't mind sharing a little of that with us
0: Mm. of course um being too too long-winded but um basically i'm from detroit michigan um when i was about 21 maybe, maybe closer to 22 i ended up moving to um And uh, I was there for a little bit and then different issues with visas, settling like moving to Korea. But um, it was being cities, like being away from where I grew up, being like so far away from everything that I had already known and like doing my best to create that for myself by traveling there i just got the opportunity in a way to kind of um, reinvent myself Mm -hmm. so um, instead of having to be subject to like whatever people who knew me from you know basketball days and playground days I i was i wasn't as subject to their idea of me because i was in this new place and i don't think that you have to go all the way to Japan or something like you could go to an, two towns over or you could go to another state but I just feel like going to another place really helped me to mm. um, reinvent my being over there were part of the LGBT community in different ways and and not even like specifically looking for them it was just a girl that she ended up um, becoming queer questioning and kind of lesbian questioning so then I had a friend that I was able to talk to about Things that were under the LGBT lens, and um, I was able to talk to her, and that was I was about 23 years old, and I, I read really, that had been the first time that I had ever mentioned to anybody ever in my life anything about trans, anything. So it was just like this this amazing feeling, and I always explain it. Like, it almost felt like breathing for the first time. Like I didn't really realize that um, I hadn't said that to anybody up until that age but when I finally did it just felt so good so it was just like how do I how do I continue this feeling of like feeling mm-hmm. free like feeling honest and feeling like I can I can just talk and, and be um I didn't realize how much I needed that until I I had a glimpse of it and as soon as I did it's like no I, I need to I need to continue this so I mean I lived I lived there for a couple of years for like probably about time like um i would meet other people i met people who were drag and then i met people who were actually trans and like i was able to have friendships with people who were trans before it it was anything else and i think that that just really helped me to to stand myself and also that dynamic of being in the presence of of people of trans experience. So um mm-hmm. I was able to learn a lot about things that you know um just be around people. Like that really just helped me to um myself and to and to kinda get over that feeling that you can kinda have almost a sexual feeling where you're like around trans people and you're like hyper attracted and might be look at it from a sexual lens or stuff something like that. Like I was able to be in a space where I was able to learn without having to be in a position where it was about that. So that really helped me. Also, going back to America. Of course, um, it was a little bit. <laughs> it was a little bit different because you coming back, Detroit. You know where everybody got a gun and, and it's just mm-hmm. a very different kind of world. So, mm-hmm. so uh, re relearn a whole lot of things but yeah it really helped it really it really yeah, something like that <laughs>
2: thank you so yeah i think that's a, that's an interesting experience i like the strategy of you know um of, of being able to feel like you needed to move yourself from one situation from the situation that you were in or or rather not that you moved yourself but you took the advantage of the opportunity life presented for you to be able to move someplace else and you were able to be mm-hmm more authentically yourself. And I think that's a great strategy that I feel like more people don't talk about. Like even for us trans folks, we need to get out of your environment and introduce yourself to people as your chosen self who don't come with this preconceived mm. notion of who you are.
3: Um, yeah.
2: I think that's very really powerful. Important. Um So now my next question for you, and Brianna, feel free to chime in uh, at will here, but I wanted to know, so first, Let's get it off the out of the, out of the way. Like, are you single? Yes. That's like that's the yes or no. I want that to be quick. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, yes.
2: <laughs> you are single. Okay.
1: You're a very <laughs> mysterious man.
2: <laughs> yes. Like, it, and, and so and I think the mystique a we're so trying to pull part. it out of you. You know.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, we we having conversation here, so what we who-
2: are, we are. Okay well, so went, now, I will tell you <laughs> I'm, I got you and thank you for being so vulnerable it says um so now i'm I'm interested to know like okay so you did say you know it was good in the sense that you were able to build these relationships but now let's talk about everybody back home well let's talk about those family members or those people that you that once knew you as you began to get more politically aligned and open, with um, this community, what was that like? Like did you fall out with any family members or friends when you came out as trans members?
0: Hmm. And that's an excellent question. I feel like that is exactly what a lot of guys think is going to happen. I mean, when you think about it in your mind, when you almost think of your world falling apart in that way. But I mean, of course, it's going to be a case like you have around you and, and what your family unit looks like. But for me personally, uh, um, I didn't really have, I didn't, I mean, Most people were able to and be more like inquisitive than anything, like asking questions. Like my brother, um,
2: is that who you call first in your family? Like,
0: were um in my family? Yep, my brother.
3: Okay,
0: my older brother. Um, and um, he's pretty cool. He was um, he didn't. He was just kind of like, huh that's something outside of the norm kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. so he just wanted to hear a bit more about, about, you know, general things, but he didn't really harp on it too much. I, 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 I was telling friends about it. It, I almost fell out with one friend, like a direct falling out. It was just like, um, his energy around me had changed, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was sort of turning into uh, um, something that needed to be addressed. Um, but because he's a good friend of mine and uh, we're both men, I mean, there's, there's ways to deal with that kind of thing. And it almost got to the extreme level. But, I mean, it's it's really just more of like a conversation. And I, I feel like the thing is for people to see you actually living that and, and not just like, leaving question mark in people's minds. It's like you're saying this thing and then also you are visibly doing this so if we're serious to people. So they're less the less skeptical or less willing to challenge you if they want to still be in your life. And you know, I didn't have to deal with people really dropping out of my life as far as people around me. But I think that if people were to do that, then that's just what that's just what they're gonna have to do, you know. <laughs> this is my life, and you brought up feelings to, uh, to live that. I kind of can
1: I jump? Can, can I jump in? Can of course. I, yeah? So I kind of mm-hmm. so the one friend that you did fall out with. Like I kind of want to like dig a little bit deeper into that. Like so, what were some of the things that you noticed that like caused tension and that made you uncomfortable, and why? Was it why? What did you want on the other side of having that conversation to see where you stand? Why was it important for you to address that? And I'm asking these questions because part of dispelling the the myth about coming out and being trans amorous, part of that is encouraging these guys that there will be conflict and that there's a way to navigate these tough conversations and navigate these tough issues if you are intentional about standing in your truth so i kind of um if you can just like describe some of the things that were happening and how you got to the um, other side of that relationship
0: mm. um so i guess the best way to explain it would be um masculine curse is respect, respect amongst men. So if you have people who are part of the group and your friends, it is, it is because they are your friend. But in most cases, they, so if you do something of what they knew you to be, um, it can cause them to evaluate whether or not that their respect was mislain or not. So then they, like, you know, of course he would he was a bit averse to it. He's like, Oh, I mean, like, so you like, what? Like I mean, I don't I just don't get a thing. And then like from there, um, there were just tiny um for instance in conversation, he would be a lot more um, um reluctant to agree with me on certain things, or he would be like combative in certain in in ways that were not typical for the dynamic that we had uh, previously. So it was just like small things, like he would be more confrontational and he'd be more willing to debate certain things like very, very hard. So it wasn't really about like, like talking about trans things or trans issues and then things blowing up from there. It was just the, the unwillingness to ever be like in accordance or in like, vibrational alignment my vibration with somebody who likes that and he was starkly trying to separate himself from being someone who could potentially also go down that road so he was just sort of butting heads with me um on everything from as small as like musical selection to like how i done you know how i was driving that day or like Mm
3: -hmm. what we
0: bought to eat kind of thing like it was just small things that were becoming tiny battles and uh I just had to bring it to them and be like I mean, we can have this battle like, we can have a real one you know yeah. Um it can go as far as you want but it's really it don't have that, be that uh, you know it's just a matter of of re re having the a dynamic reevaluated by both sides and and see to have some continuation. Because, I mean, I was fully prepared for, it would have been unfortunate, but I was fully prepared for for things to fall off and fall apart.
2: I have um, a question. But do you think that it got something to do with his masculinity? You. Do you think that he felt somehow, because oh, it almost yeah, sounds course. like... Uh, it
0: something to do with his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: No, go ahead. I want
0: to Go ahead. You. you said it almost sounds like...
2: Oh, I was oh, yeah, I said, oh, I mean,
0: yeah.
2: it, <laughs> no, you go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, I would say it's got something to do with masculinity. Um, like I said, like uh, in masculine circles, the currency is is, is the respect there. So um, in order to be good friends as a man with other men, that respect um, um, in a lot of cases needs to be the underlying sort of thing that ties you together so um in a way yes got to do with his masculinity but more so it was just like him seeing is it all right for him to be comfortable with someone that disagrees with him on something that he considers to be a core value which is mm-hmm. who you would choose as a partner Gee, you know i can how understand how that relationship go um it ended up like um like we were hanging out a lot and then I was telling him more about that and then we were having problems and we started hanging out less um then he moved away um then i went to visit him a few times and while i was out there i was shooting with people and meeting with people because i also do photography so I, i shoot a a trans beauty awareness project i guess you could call it movement Um, And I was in California shooting for that project called Femininity. And he would see how serious I was about what I was saying. And eventually, because I am his friend and we have the mutual respect through art and him seeing me use art in a way that was still at the same level that me as an artist creates. It's just that I'm using it in this way now. So eventually, you know, it just kind of realigned. um, And we're really cool now, still. And sometimes, of course, he still like says some little joke shit. But I mean, that's kind of like what guys do. We kind of bust each other's balls and push each other back and forth, kind of. So it's never like out of malice anymore um, as much as it previously was. But sometimes, even if it does come up, then a conversation can be had, you know? I mean, I'm really not afraid of any any kind of conversation, because I can understand that it's something that people may not understand. So that's just part of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, So also, so then now, I think with this friend, it's a good example of how a way that you can go through an issue with someone, actually confront the thing and not let it fester. And then actually get to the other side of the friendship to where even if it evolves and the relationship is different, the relationship still exists. So that's very powerful. Very, very powerful.
0: Yeah, I'm glad it turned out that way.
2: So then I want to really get into, so then a friendship I find is it tends to be low stakes than a family member and so like if you can think back I know it's been a while but if you could think back like before you decided I'm gonna bring this back to my real life back to the U.S. back to my family and I'm gonna have this conversation like even before you had the conversation with your brother what was that anxiety like because I feel like a lot of men are there they've gotten to the awareness that they love us or that they like us a lot They may even have been in a relationship or been around trans women that have inspired them to want to date them. And they may have even done it. But that process of like melding the lives is where a lot of relationships fail. And so I just would like, and I think it's because a lot of the men, I haven't fully, fully had that conversation with their family first before they then brought this woman into the situation. And now the relationship is tested by these relationships that are strained as a result of this man's transition to coming out. So I want to ask you, before you told one person, what was that anxiety like? And how did you process that? And, and, and how, what, how did you get the strength to be able to test? To tell someone but like did you experience anxiety
0: uh, yeah i mean like you said i feel like that's a place that most men can, um it's like any kind of thing um it it's not something that has to cause you anxiety but anything kind of that you find yourself at first it can be i'm not talking about it but then after a while it can sort of feel like you're hiding something so anytime that you have something that is any significant part of your life that you're not sharing with people that you don't want people to to find out or whatever, um, it can become a source of anxiety. Um, So I definitely felt that, and um, yeah, it can be crippling because it's just like, it's like the boogeyman kind of theory where it's this idea that is like this monster in the dark and, and, you're afraid to deal with it because in your mind, it's, you've already blown it up to be this, this huge adversary that would almost seem like like unbeatable. But when you start to talk, you can realize that, you know, it's not, it's not as difficult or undefeatable as you imagine. Like, the imagination is really powerful. So, um, yeah, it's some person that you could tell, even if they're not very close to you, just being able to have those words come out of your mouth, I think is incredibly important um, for building that that confidence and breaking that anxiety apart. Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's very powerful. I think like the strategy of like telling people, and I think that anxiety is something that we don't talk about. Now let's get to the other side of, okay, so now let's say you've lived in a world where the world has perceived you as this, heteronormative, you know, this, this, you know, heterosexual man, you know, of course, we still live in a world where there's a stigma around, um, dating something that is out of the norm. And so then that affects how people perceive the masculinity of the individual. And you talked about it with one of your friends. I'm interested to know what, how did that play out in your dating life? Like, did you, were you at the point where do you still date cis women? And if so, what is that conversation like? And how has you dating trans women affected that, those relationships, even with women you may have dated in the past?
0: Hmm. It's uh, another case by different ways of thinking about things. Um, I, I mean, I date cis women as well, but I mean, for me personally, it's very difficult for someone um, without knowing because of my social. So if they have my Instagram or they have my Facebook or they have YouTube or anything, they kind of are, um, what they are, what, who they're meeting and who I am. So I wrote to create this almost like resume, if you will, so that I just vet every person and hope that they just got it or whatever. I wanted it to be visible so that any person who is close enough to still be, be talking to me in a romantic way would already know like pretty much that's a part of my life so those people are not they don't really have a problem with it but i mean people do questions and stuff um and they just wanted to know of course what the sexual dynamic looks like or um i actually was married in korea um for uh, quite a few years so um telling my wife that ex-wife was um, in the beginning she definitely had no real qualms um she just looked at it as almost like something that you might want to look at on video but she didn't really see it as being you know, she didn't know any trans people so she did not feel like the trans presence even existed in korea and then and she also felt like, you know, yeah, she didn't see it as a threat. So she was actually very supportive in the beginning. But as I told her, I wanted to take photographs and I wanted to do any kind of advocacy. That's when it kind of became a, an issue. Um, and um, yeah, she just kind of got very against the idea because she thought that now I was trying to look for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's not really about that, you know, for me, it's it was it was. When, when I'm taking photographs, especially it's really about like celeb- celebrating the beauty that is transness as opposed to trying to find this person that specifically and take them out after and all of that so um yeah it's it can be a difficult conversation depending on who you're talking to so
3: mm-hmm.
0: um anyone who is not down with that I mean I don't think but um I can understand that some people would not be okay with that. So I have a question life, and now choice, the You sound,
2: oh I'm sorry. You sound you sound so um you sound so well thought. You sound like you've really processed this. You sound like you don't have a lot of hang-ups. To be honest, you sound like the prototype. So my question is, why are you single and what are you looking for in a partner?
0: <laughs> um I think that I think that uh, earlier in the snap because of my uh, my biggest flaw, which is the fact that I'm uh, more emotional than religion. I try not to lead on that I am, but uh, I've been, like I said, I've been married, I'm divorced now. Um, I've been in some other serious relationships that have left me with my own set of uh, hangups <laughs> in the man's department. So uh, I can be very uh, calculated when it comes to, uh, offering somebody the weaponry that would equip them with everything they need to really kind of, <laughs> I don't know if I can cuss on here but
2: No you can't um,
0: <laughs> can encourage it. Uh, very, uh, very careful in that in that regard. Um and also and I live in I live in uh I, I do know people here. I have friends here, but you know, most of the people that I know are lethal is also that. <laughs> but what thank is, you for saying that I sound well fine.
2: <laughs> what is your dating life been <laughs> like I mean so tell me a little bit about what you've experienced dating because we oftentimes will say and this and, and, and this is and, and this is a, a, a being honest as a woman a lot of times you know we'll be in situations where we feel there is this feeling this perception that men don't take us seriously right and so then I would like to ask as a man that does take us seriously what are what is some feedback or what are some things that you've been through with trans women that you would like to share that could be barriers to to that you've experienced yourself that could be barriers to uh or or not even barriers but are what are the unique idiosyncrasies of dating trans women and things that you think that are good about it and also that are difficult in being in relationship with the individual more so than the big, I don't want us to get big picture. I'm talking about like in your personal one-on-one experience with women. What are some things that you dealt with that are that are not so glimmering?
0: Mm. Um, some of the things that are not so glimmering. I mean, you know, like like we always hashtag. You know, there's no one way to be trans, so it's kind of difficult to talk about transness as a mm. monolith. But I think, like you said, in my in my personal um, experience with people. And I do this to be negative because I completely understand it, but I mean, it's it's real. So sometimes if a person is not feeling fully, um, they're not feeling confident or they're not feeling like comfortable going to a certain place. And I might've been like, Hey, let's go to this, this bar or let's go to this place. Just thinking like, oh, you and me, you're going to be straight. But if they, might not feel up to it because they don't want to deal with either getting there or being there or what could happen so like sometimes I could be like yeah I want to go out and then that person could be like no I want to stay in and just get some drinks and this and that which is also fine but you know just some days there is dysphoria and it's just something that as a cis person you may not have to deal with in the same way Maybe you have your own confidence issues, but you know it's just a different kind of different kind of situation. So you know, that can be something that can kind of you know kind of be a downer, but it's definitely something that if you care about the person that you're willing to work with them through, of course. Um, so I would say that's something that guys need to understand, and just dysphoria is real. Mm-hmm.
2: Rihanna, so, yeah, back. no, 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 I'm I'm We're, coming back in. Okay, so I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm good,
0: I'm glad that you <laughs> I'm I'm
1: back in. I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of times <laughs> cis men that date trans women they don't they know that they yeah. are attracted, they know that they may want to take the next step and date a trans woman, but they don't they let the cultural competency of transness and our experiences and how we have to move throughout the world so sometimes what happens is you get like a plug and play where you try to apply, you under the guise of, I'm going to treat you like a regular cis woman, you try to apply that to a trans woman. And if you are, if you're not aware, you miss so many little things along the way that make this, this trans woman unique and, you're, okay. and you, you miss out on really being there for her or really um, being attentive to her needs, um, especially as it concerns mm. her transness. So, getting to that, what are some what are some ways that you have that you have um, attempted not to ease somebody's gender dysphoria because a, a person can't do that for a trans person. But what are some things that you've done or some things that you have practiced to let a trans person know that you are supportive of them throughout their dysphoria or throughout their discomfort. Um, because, because a lot of times when trans women are dating, you know, they have, you have to work through a lot of past trauma in order to get to the place where you're finally ready to date. So what are some of the things that you have done as a partner or as a suitor to really let um, a trans woman know that you're there for, that you're understanding or you're willing to take that walk with
0: them? Mm, Um, I think that depending on the person I mean I feel like a lot of guys in that situation might try to shower her with compliments like oh you're so beautiful you're so beautiful you're this and that I don't care about none of that like and I feel like that could potentially be good depending on who you're talking to but I feel like um for me um being that kind of like you mentioned before my emotion lends me to being uh, kind of empathic so I understand that it's not always about creating solutions with my words. It's more about holding space um, for that person. So um, I think that that's the best thing to do if a person is in a particular mood Mm -hmm. is just to be there for them and to hold that space, but not to particularly try to pull them out of that because you don't know exactly what they're going through being that that's not your lived in experience. So it's more of like you just letting them know with your energy and your presence in whatever capacity that you are there for them when they same way that you are there for them when they are. So just to be just to be present and to hold that space I think is, is monumental. Okay. And I, I have another question.
1: So you, you said you're a single, you're a single man. So if you, mm-hmm. if you, where do you find trans women today? Like where, like where, where, what are some of the places? How do you come across trans women? Um, how, cause that's, a, that's another question. A lot of guys have, um, once they decide to, um, reveal that they're trans amorous, or publicly state that this is what they are looking for. They say, "Well, I don't know where to find them," or they kind of make these assumptions that trans pe- women do this, or they're only at- in these places. So, um, just mm-hmm. from your perspective, where do you mm-hmm. where do you find these um, women?
0: Um, you know the stroll things. That- no, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey oh, yeah. I was like, I was just not real. oh no, I was no, like, no and it's just not. No, so no, let's talk about no, no, it. No, no, What is it, Gary? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the girls are going to get us some <laughs> out no. all this smooth stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now tell me what's oh, that giving? I
0: love that you have a sense of humor. That's not. No, you know. I mean, <laughs> the internet, Yeah, I, I like I like to try to laugh. It's not that it i going to be serious <laughs> But uh yeah, I think uh underestimate the power of uh the internet. I mean, even on dating it's called Hitch or one of those. I don't really use it. Uh, or I think the best is Facebook and Instagram because it's not really based on get to know someone and talk to them and kind of see, mm-hmm. their, like what they do, like what their friends and stuff look like, and kind of get an idea of maybe it could be somebody that you could be yourself um, meshing with. So um, yeah, I think I'm really good. I mean, there's like a lot of Facebook groups that are. Um, I, you know what?
2: Yes. I was going to say, speaking of Facebook groups, I'm sorry. It's a delay, and that's why we're stepping on each other, guys. I'm so sorry. Have you experienced any toxicity within the trans amorous men community or groups online? Like, okay, so, you know, you're a part of a lot of groups, and you're getting to see also, like, not just women navigate, but navigate in an ecosystem that has other men like yourself that are engaging with them and i'm sure you've observed behavior in the ecosystem that you may not necessarily align yourself with but particularly when you're in conversation with some of these men how are you able what talk are you are you experiencing any toxicity in the conversations in the groups and communities
0: i don't know if i can say it's toxicity it's kind of like any kind of men's group where you have certain people who have either been in relationships and got burned or have attempted relationships to the best of what they say is their ability and have not been successful. And then you have people talk about their sort of trials and tribulations associated with the failure in their love life. So sometimes you can get people who are talking in a way that is definitely not happy. Um But I don't think that I could say that I've seen much toxicity. As a matter of fact, the group that I'm in the most uh, is called Trans Supportive Brotherhood. And um, it's pretty closely moderated. Like, uh, it's right in the rules that this is not the place for, you know... Excuse me, I'm sorry. ...misogyny in general or just, like, being negative or toxic. So it's it's a safe space for men to talk. But, like, you can say whatever you want but it's not it's made very clear that it's not a place for just like bashing or like real toxic rhetoric so i really enjoy that sort of moderation yeah you know you get guys at all kinds of different walks of life that are just trying to figure things out and mostly the best like different situations that they've had and how how to how you feel about it, and then getting other people's opinions, which I feel like is really important, you know because sometimes you can feel alone in this and this can help you to kind of make sense of your own ideas so. so
1: well let me let me let me jump in only because um I feel like toxicity can take many forms, and sometimes it can be overt, and then other times it can be covert. And I feel like the reason that mm. we particularly included that question is based on my experience. Like I said, I'm not in the group. I'm not in that community. But a lot of times I feel like with a lot of the trans amorous men, first first I feel like that trans amorous men, not all, but some of them can hold like conservative views about um women in general mm-hmm. and particularly trans women and when you have guys mm-hmm. that come together sometimes they can they can say small stuff that's really indicative of um misogyny towards women and how they feel yeah one
2: moment there's something popping is that you on your end
1: oh sorry 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 that's me i'm sorry um that's me, I had something in my hand. Gotta, gotta remember to keep stuff out of my hand. No, so getting back <laughs> getting back to what I was saying, some, sometimes it can be covert. Like I was just having a conversation last night where with a trans attracted man who was, um, we were in conversation and he was saying that he can't date a trans woman that quote, for lack of a better terms, act too gay or don't act like real women. And sometimes I kind of see this pervasive thing where transamorous men are getting women that come from that culture or come from that culture of black queerness, mm-hmm. but in order to partner with mm-hmm. them or to date them, it's kind of like, well, if you want to be over here, you have to get on my level. or you have. And to- it also
2: comes off too, Brianna, I'm sorry, just to agree with you, and it also comes off too very much like In order for you to be deemed worthy, not just to me, but to uphold my masculinity, your femininity has to show up a certain way. It's almost like we're being judged as not women, even though women come in all forms of expressions of masculinity and femininity, if we don't fit this hegemonic, very narrow definition of what a woman is. And I feel like that that misogyny is really prevalent sometimes in the men that like us.
1: Is that what you're going to say, Brianna, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm saying, so that, so then that leads to me asking, well, ha- have you seen any small things that could be like, hmm, huh, th- maybe this is something we need as men that we need or you guys need to interrogate further or something that should be on the radar as the trans amorous world and the the trans community, specifically the trans woman world, come closer? In, um, together as part of the
0: work that we're doing
2: mm-hmm. Good question.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for enlightening me on that. Um, uh, maybe I'll, because we, we've we started doing Zoom meetings on Saturdays where we kind of like have a the brothers in the group. So maybe I'll bring that up to see where people, see where people want for their partner to show up. Um, yeah, that's a good, question personally I almost find it on the opposite end like um like you said women who are trans and women who are not trans as well show up in all kinds of different ways and different iterations of masculinity or femininity but I find um a lot of times when I meet women of trans experience that also are binary that I find that they almost have their own very traditional idea of what it is mm-hmm. to be a woman, and they like uphold that like to the height of. Heights. I agree, and um, I agree I as well. I don't really, yeah, you know, and I don't really, I don't really deem myself to be a hyper conservative person. Uh, I think a, a hyper conservative person generally is not openly trans amorous. So I feel like even in that kind of is indicative of my being a bit more open or liberal if you I don't, I don't know what word you want to use but definitely not completely We're conservative so sometimes it can be a bit difficult when i have a someone who is very conservative um or or is trying to uphold a super conservative lifestyle because then that would force me to have to be like hyper conservative as well so i kind of feel that on the opposite end (laughs) um, Well, yeah i'll definitely ask the brothers what they feel about that no i definitely agree with that as well
1: there i feel like there are a lot of somebody um made this term um um originated this term yesterday like gold gold star trans people that feel like if they perform cisness in a way that they're (laughs) transness is valid over everybody else's but I really feel like that speaks to a lot of internalized transphobia that uh that trans people have have had to deal with as well as the partners that are attracted to us and I know through our our platform on box 512 and on your platform we are really in a time in a movement now where we're really trying to work through like questioning that and see if that holding those ideals are really congruent and living in a world where we want trans liberation and we want to be accepted for who we are and not who we're trying to be associated with in order to be accepted. So I do feel like a lot of, um, I I do feel like it's prevalent. Um, and, and we can, we can, project that onto our partners, especially mm-hmm. when our partners are showing that they are attracted to us or they're showing interest in us for the very fact that we are trans and they can feel it on our spirits and our essence. But because we've been taught to deny that part about ourselves or really hate that part about ourselves, we kind of project that uh, transphobia um, onto our partners. But I, it, to me, it just reminds me that the there's work out there still Or there's still work to be done and there's still a platform for us to really have these conversations and really get in front of each other and really challenge each other on the things that make us uncomfortable and make for sure
0: yeah i'm so glad that you said that no no going uh, a topic a video about that actually like how sometimes and people not being 100 happy About them being of trans, being that that has been something that has made their lives potentially more difficult, treated a certain way. So they kind of internalize that. So if you come along and tell someone that you love them, not because of that, but also including that, it can also, it can sometimes you can be looked at as like, Mm -hmm. you're weird then. Like, are you not a real man? Like, are you some kind of weirdo? And right,
2: it goes, and that, like,
0: that dysphoria, or like, you know, any other kind of word, where it's kind of negative.
2: Mm-hmm. And that speaks to that dysphoria.
0: conversation.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. That speaks to that dysphoria that you talked about earlier. Like, it is interesting to me how I think sometimes as trans women, and this will because I have a question that I'm about to ask in a minute, but this is just a great segue. It's it's interesting to me how sometimes I feel like as trans women, we will have this feeling about ourselves that makes us feel, I guess, like if anyone, I don't understand why anyone would love me because I'm not even trans attracted because there are trans people who are not even themselves trans attracted. So then I don't even get why you like
3: trans Mm.
2: people. And so then... You know, you are someone that has been very open mm. and very, like, out, you know, you've been very public about your attraction. Have you ever had a transgender partner discourage you from being open about your advocacy?
0: Mm. About advocacy? Um,
2: or, like, side-eye you that you're so no. aware or may judge you for going to a drag show or knowing drag queens, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, uh um yeah, just people who are very, very, started the transition when they were like 16, 17, and you know, all these things super early, and like they just start just the epitome of cis hetero presentation. And um, I remember I had a, um, a trans black in my backpack, and I was going to go to uh, this one bar, I just had my backpack on me because I was, uh, and I was, I had my camera with me. And um, I remember this person was like, <laughs> Get the flag off of your backpack. Like, they're going to look at you like you're some kind of Bati man, like, because like, it's like a lot of Jamaican, like, island presence. And they're like very against me, kind of um, being way because they had almost in their mind transcended the title Perceptible um, 100% Passable so can you take that flag off when you're around me because you know you're going to get me clocked out here you're going to have people looking at me twice (laughs) Um, but yeah never never something that's been like don't do that don't do advocacy so um, I think the biggest hang up is that everybody thinks I'm a player. So the fact that I know a lot of the girls they think that I'm out here trying to be in everybody's DMS. Hmm. Uh, and You set the record straight. That's not what I'm about, you know.
2: (laughs) How do you feel you have been received by the community of women in advocacy and the community like as you're now becoming more um, open and sharing in your story and as you dated and engaged with people who may have even been in community. What has that been like?
0: Hmm. Um, there are mixed, mixed. Um, I um, I think that people still are trying to. They're still trying to kind of make their, make their real sort of judgment. Um, About the you? fact that I've been sort of, yeah, I think so. Um, I think that starting YouTube earlier this year has helped me to have. More of a actual platform and more of a voice, so that people can get to know me on a larger scale. Um, everything up to that point was kind of like one-on-one interactions and working with different organizations. Like I worked with angela Ross for Trans Tech Social for a couple of years, and you know I've worked for uh, Trans March on DC. I was volunteering there and and doing photography and. Um, Trans Sisters of Color Project, which is a grassroots organization in Detroit. So, like you know, I've done a lot of work with people over the years. And I think that's really helped for people to kind of see me in a light that is positive. Not that I'm doing it for that reason, but it's the person that's time and is visible and is able to position himself in rooms that help them to have the language that is necessary to have conversations at that kind of depth that they need to be had they're going to be like made more mainstream Uh, so i mean some people just see me as a man though you know they just see me as a man or trade or or any kind of title that kind of takes away my identity it's kind of more like um um what is it that octavia Uh, St. Laurent said, he said, I think that all men are dogs. It's only a matter of time until they start barking. So I think that some people have been harmed by men and hurt by men. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories of Black men being the the bringers of violence and death to especially Black trans women. So I think there are some people who still have a certain apprehension with me. And that's completely understandable. Um, But all I can do is just exist and be as open as possible and as real as possible. And how I'm being seen, I would like for it to be positive. But if it's not, you know, I'm just here to try to do the work. So I'm not taking nothing personal.
2: Um. Hey y'all! This
1: is Aeon. Thank you so much for listening to Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, Grown Black Trans woman Talk, and we just wanted to come in in the middle middle of the episode to remind you to subscribe to our episode, rate us comment all of those things matter to us uh follow us on um, all of our social media platforms
2: and also we would love to hear from you this is the lioness and i'm here to tell you today to email us your questions yes honey yes uh, on all of our social media platforms and we would like also like for you to know that we enjoy you now we're going to tune back in back to box number 512 podcast Grown black trans woman talk.
1: Oh. That's right.
2: Um, I wanted to ask this question. And this is this speaks to because now you're, you're talking a good, like what you're talking a good game, and and and, and not that you, I'm I'm saying game in the sense that you're gaming us. But you sound like an anomaly. You sound like a unicorn that has been in the woods all this time, and no one has discovered this elusive unicorn. And then Brianna and I coaxed it into the light, and here we are having this conversation. <laughs> and now you're having all of this conversation, that it sounds amazing, right? So then I can hear the the I can hear the rushing wind of my sisters in the background going. So girl. <laughs> like, so my question is and this is a real real question. You're an <laughs> advocate in community right now. Have you dated advocates mm-hmm. in the community like cuz you would be a guy that is unlike anything that we are currently experiencing in a lot of our smaller towns and a lot of our communities where just socially we don't, we don't have as much of a foothold or a voice so then our men aren't going to be as vocal cuz they have to do they have a different strategy of survival in their area. So I'm just hearing you and seeing mm. this unicorn that stepped out of the grass. And it's like, okay, now let me ask the unicorn. What would a woman, <laughs> you being an advocate and you being a woman, have you dated any other advocates out there? What has that been, that, what is that like? And how do you, if a woman were to enter into your life now, what do you think, how you think that would affect your, what you do?
0: That's a
1: really good question for That's a really good
2: question. Thank you.
0: Mm. So- so the question is, if a woman were to enter enter my life, how would it uh?
2: No, before we get to the woman and the effect, life, my advocacy or how would it affect? I that first part. Have you have you dated any other advocates in community, and what has that been like to be you? Because you have a public platform, and I'm assuming you would date someone that has. What has that been like? and what is because the next relationship would be the same things to a certain extent and so then what would a woman entering into your life now need to know so first part what have you done it second part what would a woman in your life now need to know or
0: what um i i have um i don't even know if it could be called dating hmm. i mean I'm, I'm really like i'm, I'm a fan of a of being good friends with a person before any of that is really on the table um but uh yeah you know I've, I've uh, I'm with other people who do advocacy and um I think that is really good I really enjoy the you know anyone else could not do this but I really enjoy someone who has their points and I got out and very sharpened so that when we are having this conversation maybe like, like over the drinks or something, it can be like a very riveting and involved and like um, educational conversation for both of us, because we both are bringing like a lot of lived in experience to the table and just like coming from obviously two different sides of the coin and helping each other to understand things. So I think that that would be the main thing that it would I would enjoy for them to have, like, to have intelligent conversation that pushes me to also have to um, think outside and think out, like think deeper, you know, not just like surface level, like <laughs> I really enjoy um, intellectual stimulation, almost like on a sapio level. Um, and uh, I think it's also important for a person to more more or less be comfortable with, like to have some comfort, I don't know what to call it, because I know a lot of people. So like, I know I know women who will see a guy that might be trans or attracted or whatever. And um, I've heard women say, I'm not gonna accept any friend requests from me that has more than two mutual friends with me, because that sounds like a chaser, and I don't got time for it. With me, like you could probably literally <laughs> find me on Facebook, and it'll be like, "Oh, this person has seventy friends in common." <laughs> so, uh, I would need a person to be able to understand that e- exactly that we have friends in common. It's not like every person that I got on my list, I'm in the in the DMs trying to make it happen. It's more like, "No, I know this person," or "I met this this." seminar or I met this person here or I know this person through this or I worked with this person so it's like
2: the purpose of us asking that I would need somebody that's
0: I'm sorry I
2: thought I thought you were done I apologize it was a pause
0: (laughs) no you're fine
2: (laughs) I feel like I'm always okay so
1: hold on on. let me let me oh let me jump in because I was one of those girls that used to give that I would like to say I've evolved from that but that also speaks Thank you to. For the
2: festival, he says. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I used to be one of those girls. Like, if he has more than two girls on his friend list, I can't do it because he's a chaser. I can say I've sent some all from that. That's not no longer part of my ministry now. But I, again, that just goes back to the. Um, <laughs> Internalized, internalized, transphobia. internalized transphobia painting everybody with the chaser brush so now i only give that if you have more than two trans friends in common and you have no profile pic or all your pictures are memes because that's somebody that's not that's somebody that's trying to run around if you're somebody that it's like a real face oh yeah and you're really engaging like it's no problem with you Having multiple trans friends or being familiar with community, because I know for me, once I get into a relationship with my next man, I want to be able to bring you around community and it be no tea. Because I want you to love the community mm-hmm. just as much as I love the com- the community. Because I want you to show up for these issues, um, not only because you love me, but you love the community that I'm a part of. And I think. Girls lose sight of this. Like you don't, I don't want to have my man or my friend or whatever over here and then have my trans community over here and the two never yes. intersect.
0: Right.
2: And I think that was what I was gonna say. The purpose that the purpose of us even asking the question on how you see yourself and a woman entering into your life as an advocate is because I think we need to really confront the unfortunate reality that we are. A minority, and a very and a, and a minority within a minority within a minority, depending on how many how many other other parts of you are unique. And so, what's interesting is is we sometimes will expect these men to come from a completely new awareness of of us, and we are the first that they've ever discovered. Not really realizing that. To be honest, if this man is really going to be able to love you completely, he may or may not have had other relationships to build his awareness on how to truly love you as a trans woman. So, so then if we, so if he's had multiple relationships, right. then there's, and we're such a small population, then there's a good chance that the men have talked to more than one of our friends. And I feel like I need to repeat that. The men have talked to more than one of our mm. friends. That does not mean Mm. he is problematic. It doesn't mean that he. If you live in Mm. Atlanta and you have lived here more than a few years, I have lived here for over fourteen years. So at this point, if you if you are a man and you dating any trans woman here, I probably know her. She probably is a friend. (laughs) Okay, and the shade is. Is if I held men to that standard, I would be knocking out so many qualified, wonderful men who may have had loving relationships with trans women that had have learned lessons that would make them great partners. Because I'm trying to say I don't want nobody that's dating nobody else, and that's stupid. And I just wanted to just put that out there. Take yeah. You- and- you
1: Oh, no, no, because I was saying I was just talking about this on a live a couple of days ago. My my personal rule is I prefer you to have one to two significant relationships with a trans woman before you get to me. Because I really need you to mm-hmm. find yourself in those relationships and in those interactions and learn those trans women so you can appreciate the trans woman that I right. am once you get to me and what I bring to the table and we can just live life. But this whole um, putting this value on, quote unquote, turning out straight men, that really, it doesn't serve us and it doesn't benefit us and it doesn't add to us really liberating ourselves and like cultivating love within ourselves and with our in our community. So I just think that it's mm. foolish that we, we do the easy thing of painting these people with broad brushes instead of really taking the time to getting to know them, seeing where their head at, is at, and also getting really getting to know ourselves. Because if you're projecting something onto somebody, really, it's just a it's just an assessment of where your spirit is and where your heart is. So I just wanted to jump in and say that,
2: and and, and so that that's a great segue. Oh yeah, because yeah. I'm- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know you had a thought
0: there. Lex, go ahead. And I was gonna say really quick, I'm really glad that we got to have that that uh that kind of kind of new to the group that come in and they say, like, how many girls are you allowed to date before you are a chaser or before you are no longer able to be seen as dateable? Oh. Like that's a question that comes up a lot. And um, you know, it's it can be difficult that if you like you only get like one chance, maybe two, where it's like you dated one person. And like you said, the community is pretty, it's fairly tight knit. Like you said, especially in one city, if you live there a couple of years, mm-hmm. you're going to know somebody that knows somebody that knows almost everybody. So it's, it's like if one person has dated one person that you know that somebody knows knows, it's like, it's very improbable for them to just, yeah, I agree with everything y'all saying. Yeah, you know, like where with no no prior history with anybody ever and then um in a position where he's done the work to be able to have a, a loving relationship. So uh, it a, a, some people rule guys out based on that criteria, but um it's a it's a very it's a very high oh <laughs> hey this is
1: Aeon and Aeon is currently looking for her forever. So you can you can date as many I have no number limit. I need you to date them all and learn them all. Because once you get over here, I need you to have all that stuff in check so we can so we can live, laugh, and love. And you have worked through all of your trans attracted. What? It, who am I? What am I? Does this make me gay? How I'm gonna tell my mama? How, look, you have
2: worked through that with by
1: girl number ten, and we can we can get the show on the road.
2: I love that psychology, and I was the same way, Brianna. Um, my question now—now now I have a. This actually is an, <laughs> this entire what you said, Lex, was in a great segue into my next question. And now that the unicorn, and we're calling you the unicorn for this segment, because you're the miraculous thing that has stepped into the <laughs> marvelous light. And so, so while you're here, I want to know now. You, <laughs> you fully shared all of the systems of oppression that held you back. You've become uh, you've to this place where you want to spread the good news. And so you're in this really evolved place. And that's great. I want to talk to Lex in the beginning, though. What was it like when you were in? Because I am. What was your first? Have you Have you ever engaged with trans women transactionally? And I'm not saying necessarily specifically for money, but have you ever engaged with trans women in a way that you know yourself, you were not really trying to engage to get to know that woman in a in a deeper way? And that's okay, because those relationships exist. That's not a judgment. But have you acted transactionally and have you been in a situation where that- hmm. Um,
0: I am very, I am quite wary of very loose, connections with people but when i was much much younger yes,
2: yes um, much, younger, much 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 much
0: uh-huh. <laughs> much much younger uh there was a bit there was a bit of a transactional meeting there um like i said i live in asia so you know i may i may i may have been to thailand oh and um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way that guys do explore that feeling and make it real for themselves I, I would never try to, um, as long as I do it in a way that is not directly harming that person, I would never rule that out because I think it's very necessary to kind of make it real for you if you're not readily able to just date someone in your city. Um, but I don't recall it ever being something that hurt somebody or created a dynamic between us that was negative. Um, even the people that I did deal with transactionally, I still have as friends on okay. on Facebook. And we still like talk sometimes and they give me updates about what's going on with Corona and stuff.
2: Okay, before you- um, be A big woman
0: big was actually bad. accused of- uh... Go
2: ahead, you might to tell it, go ahead. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm playing. go
0: ahead. Oh no, I mean, I was just gonna tell a story about a, a woman. <laughs> a woman was actually accused of stealing and um, she was actually um burned to death by um at least in like a a mob of people and it's like a really crazy story and and I know people in it live not very far from there so like just keeping me updated on different stories like that internationally um so um yeah I don't think I've ever had a, a situation where I've I've, I've messed up a relationship with somebody because of our dealings if you will.
2: Have you ever cheated?
0: It it broke up a little bit. Can you repeat that one more
2: time? <laughs> I said, "Have you ever cheated on anyone in relationships?" I feel like there's a big cuz I now, the reason why I asked that, let me before you answer. There's a way in which sometimes men will go through a process where they're engaging with people and then, and even though we don't like to confront it, there is the reality that sometimes men are in relationships as they're coming to awareness that they like trans women. And I'm and maybe if, if even if it wasn't physical cheating, sometimes they begin to behave in a way that is not necessarily as open and honest to the partner that they're with. And so I guess what I'm asking is, is it's a very real reality that there at some point, men that have engaged with us have been less than honest with a partner. And I'm, I'm asking you, have you ever cheated on someone? And how did mm. you recognize reconcile that and or and or in a relationship with maybe even a trans woman how what what precipitated that behavior because we're a community that deals with that a lot we talk about those trans women that are burned it's the feeling of like i'm sorry Mm-mm. it's a feeling that the men that have engaged with us sometimes have this like this 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 predisposition to be sexually irresponsible so, uh, you being a trans attracted man mm. you have cheated, what was how did you reconcile and what was that explain? Give us tell us what that was like if you had.
0: Uh yeah, I got to I got to keep it real. I mean, like I like I said before I was um I was married for a couple of like a few years in Korea uh, um and uh she was I was telling her about trans attraction and uh in the beginning she was absolutely not bothered because like I said it wasn't like a real world thing to her. It was more just like a oh, sometimes you like to look at this video when you're by yourself or whatever, but it wasn't really like a real world threat. But um, the thing that kind of changed her idea was, and it wasn't like physically like, hey, I'm about to go and lay down with this person, but it was just like a person that I had met um, who was trans and uh, I was just, what was I saying in the message? I think I think we, we were going to get long. This is when me and my wife were just, ex-wife, we were just uh, starting dating. So we weren't even married yet. And um, I was going to get dinner with this other girl and she ended up being sick. So she was like, yeah, I wish I could bring you like chicken noodle soup or something. It was something that I, I thought was very innocent, but um, she ended up going through my phone while I was sleeping and um, seeing that, um, text string. And from there, she got very, very sort of concerned about my intentions and the realness of my desires and like all these different things. Um, she actually didn't tell me that she saw it for months and months and months. And then like we got into a fight and she brought it out. Um, and uh yeah i mean i guess that could be the closest kind of thing together i mean um i never actually physically did anything else especially after we were married but it was just the that, that desire was always there amongst a lot of other things that we had as far as problems we ended up actually splitting it who really now. um really really like we've reconciled in every way and she's super supportive of the channel subscribes on youtube so i still talk to her fairly regularly um i didn't quite cheat but there was a little bit of wavering (laughs) um emotional cheating kind I guess you could call. So
1: we're um, getting cl- we're getting close to the um end of our time with Lex. But before we- before we um end it out, I know I have one more question, Lioness. Do you have another question you want
2: to ask? I did have one further question. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna ask now, um, and this is just something. So another thing I want to talk about is like you're out. You you put yourself in this place where you're very, very, very. You be, I I would like to say after this conversation that I think you're very you're very informed and you are a very um, aware advocate. And I like I said as earlier, I can feel your that you're an empath, and I really think that you have really stepped into your calling, and that's exciting to to say. Um but with saying that have you uh, i know that everyone can't receive you and and see your greatness in the way that i do because i come from a different paradigm i can see because i myself navigate with the experience that is adjacent so i can i can kind of relate in a way but i can imagine when you navigate in the world people sometimes just don't get it so have you experienced any passive aggressive behavior from cis folks that have, that when they found out you were trans or maybe direct in the sense of in community like on the internet i know you sharing your story i'm sure there are those comments or those naysayers or these other Social media folk that want to weigh in on something that you said, what how have you navigated that as now this open advocate on the internet?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be um, out in my mind, um, I've had people if I let's say that was something that a trans person is doing or has done or whatever, and let's say that person has some. Um, thing about their presentation that could be considered cis normative so i will see that and be like yeah is that one of the other is that real girl but you know quote unquote, small little trolling stuff like that or it's like yeah. or even if i post any kind of uh saying the same kind of thing like yeah is that a is that one of those those t's or like one of those whatever like yeah you never know because People said a lot of stuff, ha ha ha, you know. So it's just like, you know, kind of small ass stuff like that, but addressed it as it is. But surprisingly, uh, people who know me have not been, you know, I mean, if they have it in their minds, then they it. Because, um, I haven't got a whole lot of people who have said a negative, I have had people who almost. Like they were saying some something that I figured was kind of fantastic. I just come into their their comments and kind of not get them to get together, but you know, just um offer some knowledge from a position of having information that they clearly don't. And I've had people stop interacting with me on social media for years at a time because actually just kind of uh, came around and started talking to me again. Um so, you know, there's uh, there's always going to be that because, you know, the world at large, they I think that's really just the thing, though. It's, it's misinformation or no information. So it's not always that people are trying to be transphobic. I think it's just that people honestly don't have a clue. So uh, mm. if I got, like, raging bull upset every time that, in my mind, passive-aggressive, I think that they will be a lot of times where I am upset, I'm not looking to be, so it's just like, if this person is obviously being disrespectful, then that's something that I gotta be handled. If this person is saying something that is coming from what they consider to be a joke or playful, the that they are, and then approach it in a way that, but trying to get into a conflict, because that's not the way to create more people who understand this argument, it just becomes something that that person will never ever <laughs> like they just militarized against you and everything that you're saying that is just mm-hmm. not productive in any way I find, so um I come across passive aggressiveness, but I'm not really trying to always read that way I' am best to just see it as an opportunity to have a teaching moment that doesn't feel condescending, you know so. Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess I will ask the last question. So with your platform, The Newman Show, what is, what is your vision in the next five years with your platform
0: and your message? Um, ideally, um, I want to start um, is stuff just like this. So I want to thank you all again for having me on here on. Mm. awesome just really get on and and talk with more people who are doing work in the community people people, uh internationally as well and do like podcasts and stuff like that to uh, raise awareness of the trans amorous movement because i feel that i feel like there's a lot of people who in having conversations as men taking up space and sometimes it can be that but I don't think that men, especially men, trying to create a space where they have their own conversations, I don't think that that's something that is negative. I don't think that that's centering I think that's been in space. I think that's a very important and necessary thing. So um, I just want to help to spread more of my story and men right here, so over the five years, I mean, it would be great to the news outlets like new now next or like AJ Al Jazeera or like um, I know there's a a writer uh, by the name of Diana Torjé that does trans men's stories and she talks about like these other guys who kind of write into her and I wrote into her as well. So hopefully I can get on vice and stuff like that But yeah i just would like to be able to eventually have round tables and seminars in person in person and meet with other men um who feel that way to try to just create that community it's just to create a space where other men can see some positive representation of being in this life of like loving a trans person i think a lot of people equate that with their world coming to an end and um, the media creates a lot of stories that can lend itself to that toxic ideology. But um, yeah, over the next five years, I just want to try to grow the messaging um, to make it even more simple and even more understandable and even more just relatable, so that all of the people who even have a smallest feeling, because let's be real, I mean, if you are attracted to femininity, <laughs> you are attracted to a lot of trans people. Now. <laughs> so a lot of guys don't even have any idea of of what trans looks like so they have like an idea in their head and all these other just misconceptions that are based on misinformation so just want to grow the platform as much as possible try to put as much positive and accurate information out there as possible and um be a representative and yeah see see where that Goes. Well, I think
1: that is a great um way to end this conversation. Um, coming out as trans amorous is not the end of your world, but it is the beginning of a of a path to something new and to something. Freeing, so I think this is that is the perfect way to end this interview. Lex. I really want to thank you for um, taking the time out to sit down with me and the lioness mm-hmm. and just share space with us um, I hope this is not the last time we work together. I, in fact, I know it's not going to be the last time we work together. And one day we will, we will probably all be mm-hmm. sitting in the same rooms with each other, yeah. sharing spaces, breaking bread, fellowship. And brick, so, I just really want to thank you for taking the time out to come onto our platform and for the work that you do with your plat on your platform through your YouTube show and through your art. And um, I just want to, I just want to thank you. Lainez?
2: Yes. I want to say that to you both, thank you for allowing us to have this conversation by both of you being so present and so open. And um, Lex, it was our intention to create a safe space, to be a safe harbor for you to share your thoughts and feelings. And I hope that we achieve that today. And Because what you, what I feel you've done for us is a blessing. And I just want to know want you to know that all of who you are and the anointing that you have ha- has made room for you and it will continue to do so because you, sir, are a great man. You seem to have really gotten to a place in your life where you are able to truly articulate your feelings and thoughts in a way that I think the world will be ready to hear. And so I'm just excited to know you and thank you for coming. And yes, we will definitely be collaborating further. Um, Light attracts light, honey. So I, I, I truly believe that you're a good person and someone that is worthy of investment. And so thank you for coming
1: and so we're going to end the episode audience make sure that you subscribe to our podcast or on our, 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 our platforms make sure you are particularly following us on Instagram from time to if you follow us on Instagram from time to time we will have grown black trans women talk live mm. where the lioness or myself will get on live honey mm. and we will break down the latest episode or talk about random topics so you definitely don't want to miss it so make sure you Subscribe. You're following. Also, make sure you're engaging with us. If you have any questions or comments, you yeah. can DM us, email us at Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, and who knows, we might even read your comment or letter on our next episode. You're so, next. until next time, stay safe, wash those hands, and we will um, be talking to you guys next week. Bye. We
2: Bye. Thank you for, for listening to the box, number box Number Five Twelve. 12. And don't forget to subscribe and like all of our pages on social media. And don't forget to subscribe
1: so you can see what we will stock on the shelf next week. Bye.